Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. What? out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that can appreciate a good mud day treatment at the spa my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode we're delving deep into some badass bush as we hunt down and listen to the score from the 1987 classic predator we gonna have us some fun we'll have us some fun but before we get into that let me remind you we're part of the boom howdy podcast network boom howdy you can find all of our episodes at boomhowdy.com or the easiest way to listen in is to simply search for nightmare junkhead in your itunes or soundcloud app hit subscribe and when we drop our latest episode it'll download directly to your listening device of choice all up in your <laughs> hole and don't forget, you can follow all of our shenanigans on social media. Uh, if you are on Twitter, we are at Nightmare Junk. And if you are on Facebook, we are at Nightmare Junkhead. And speaking of shenanigans, as this episode will be our second in the month of September, mm-hmm. we're oh so much closer to the month of October. Yes, I cannot wait. Speaking of having some fun, uh, we are going to indeed have a lot of fun here in the month of October. Mm-hmm. A couple of events that we are highlighting, we want to make sure that we are just pounding it into your skull. Yes. Much like, you know, blunt force trauma here of the fun that we are going to have. Uh, starting on October 6th, mm-hmm. Genius, Kansas City Horror Club. At the Twin Dream. Drive-in in Independence, Missouri. We are showing a double feature of Killer Clowns from Outer Space and Night of the Creeps. It's going to be $10 a carload, and there's going to be a vendor swap and shop beforehand with local vendors selling goods and wares, and they're all spooky, and it's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to it, and as we said, you will be thrilled. Yes, it's going to be so much fun, because the last one was fun as hell. So, And I'll even challenge you this. If we want to be really indulgent, I will encourage anyone, if they want to get really, um, dare I say, nerdy with Nightmare Junkhead, is we did put out a commentary track for Night of the Creeps. <laughs> they that, like just play along the, at the uh, drive-in? I think it would be an interesting thing to see if it pairs well. Uh, you know what? I encourage you to do it, and if you do... Tell us about it. I would, right. I'd love to hear your experience on that. Don't dream it. <laughs> but save your energy because the very next week we are going to be road tripping. Mm-hmm. Dare, I, dare I say uh, <laughs> snacking on some wrap snacks. Rap snacks. <laughs> uh, as we travel to Atumwa, Iowa. Uh-huh. And just even the name itself, Atumwa, sounds eerie and creepy. Uh-huh. And we are going to be at the Halloween Palooza Film Festival. Oh, it's going to be a blast, dude. And I cannot wait. Even if we were not technically special guests there, this is something I would want to attend anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are indeed going to be podcasting live on mm-hmm. October 13th at 2 o'clock. Yep, not just podcasting. We're playing the game of games. Go back to our live Panic Fest episode here from 2018. And we're actually going to be debuting a new category uh, with our, our the, the Nightmare Junk at Home game version. Uh-huh. <laughs> and can we give them a hint there, genius? Maybe a little bit. That's all you need to hear. Perfect. Um, but also, don't come here f- to there for us. You know, make sure you are there for the films. Uh, and also, mm-hmm. uh, Halloween royalty, Nancy Kyes. I have been saying keys all this time. It is Kyes from the original Halloween. Uh-huh. Oh, Paul. And, Kath- <laughs> and Kathleen Kinmont from Halloween Part 4. Uh, yeah, the sheriff's daughters do it by the book. As well as Bride of Reanimator. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, we're going to have a grand old time. Yeah, that's going to be so much fun. 
fucking fun. But again, I must stress, pace yourself because the very next weekend, yes. starting on October 19th, <laughs> the fourth time uh-huh. we have gathered here, uh, it is the fourth Nerdoween Horror Marathon. Uh, sci-fi sleaze is this year's theme. It's going to get ooey, gooey, squiddly, diddly. It's going to be really fucking fun. This is going to play super interesting. I do. We're going to have a... This one is always a good time. Uh, we are going to obviously have our costume contest, uh-huh. vintage trailers. Shenanigans. Shenanigans all the time. This this one is not to be missed. <laughs> and I do, as you say, uh, three films of escalating sleaze. Uh-huh. Yeah, it starts off. It starts off. It's a roller coaster. It's it, it, You're, you're going to be like, what the fuck? You, hopefully, you'll need a shower. And if you... <laughs> If you survive that, we do challenge you the very next night, October 20th, at the Alamo Draft House. Mm-hmm. Dismember the Alamo. This is going to be so much fun. Four movies with a theme going on in it, too. And we can't reveal the theme yet. Uh, we will upon seeing it. But, yeah, it is four films that the initial lineup is not revealed until we screen. Right. Mystery films. A guaranteed good time? Yes. Yes. I'll go and say that. Because if you're down for the four films, you're going to have some fun. So... Oh, speaking of having some fun, uh, <laughs> go have some fun. That is a nice segue, is if any, to the, obviously we are bringing here, and this particular episode is going to be released on Oct- uh, excuse me, September fourteenth, which mm-hmm. is the same time that a sequel to a film that came out in nineteen eighty seven is being released. And released is probably the appropriate word here. Uh, how are you? Are in anticipation of the Predator? I'm super excited for it. It looks really, really good. Uh, written, directed by Shane Black. You know, the trailers look dope. The first one was rubbish. The first one was rubbish, but it looks fucking great now. And at this point, with sequels from franchises from the 80s, I've gone in with lowered expectations at this point. And I, for the most part, I actually haven't been disappointed. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, again, I just, I, I don't know if we need continued movies from these old franchises. But, again... Lowered expectations. I want to go into, I want to be impressed. I'm yeah. not going in with a negative attitude. I want to come out going, you know what? That was an amazing experience. I'm glad I saw it in the theater. It replicated my initial experience, you know, seeing a predator. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in doing such a show here, as we mentioned, we are indeed listening to the soundtrack from Predator. So this is another What's the Score segment mm-hmm. where we kick back and listen to some of our favorite horror scores and soundtracks. And in this case, our whole thing is we only listen to in-house what we have what greg has on vinyl where we can play like so and i mentioned that because this particular one that we are listening to here was donated to us by friend of the podcast and when i say donated he brought it over so we can listen (laughs) to it (laughs) yeah you're not keeping it sorry (laughs) but if you are familiar with his voice if you listen to the podcast before he's definitely a member of the five timers club and then some yeah Uh, he is the co-host of the media rewind podcast welcome back to nightmare junkhead dustin Pryor. hi guys and you know what? In fairness, if we're going to talk anything about Predator, there's only one person we can turn to. It's like in Pawn Stars, you know, and then like... When I they had, bring in the archaeologist or... It's like, yeah, like, okay, so this is a Civil War boot, and like, I, I mean, I'm going to check the verification. I know a person who's specifically interested in Civil War boots, and like, so this is with the Predator, so... Oh, that, only... That's not that that small of a box. Come on, man. This is a great film. It's not Civil War, like, booties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> best thing because it could exist the predator could exist in in civil toward civil war times and he, he did. did he did he yeah. did i mean there, there's 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 photographic proof <laughs> so before we get into the the grand score that is from predator uh dustin please where can our listeners find you out on the social media please plug and promote away for what you are going awesome on. well thank you very much and like greg said that you know genius and i do co-host media rewind where we cover mm-hmm. amc's into the badlands as part of the boom uh, howdy <laughs> podcast network uh we cover into the badlands on amc uh we're getting ready to start back up with the walking dead yeah, we cover yep. game of thrones which will be i believe they push that back to may of next year mm-hmm. and then you know uh, into the badlands into the badlands um, and then we just started doing the purge <laughs> and that's what you are you are focusing on right now that yeah, just kicked yeah. off everything and we you actually were kind enough we did kind of a purge retrospective back on nerds of nostalgia Almost a year ago, maybe two years two ago. Two years ago. Because I went back and tracked it down. It was like number 56, and you guys are well on your way. Yeah, so because it was like just after Anarchy came out. And, and I'm glad so. you guys are really focusing on that right now, because the Purge franchise itself, it's an interesting franchise, because it does really blend so many genres of different films. Mm-hmm. One of those genres being horror. Mm-hmm. But I don't know necessarily people that would necessarily call the Purge a straight horror franchise. I don't think you would call it straight horror, no. but I mean, it's like like Genius had alluded to, it's a, it's a lot of theater of the mind. Mm-hmm. You know, how depraved can human beings be towards one another for this 12-hour period? Yeah. And I think USA has done a pretty good job with that first episode of capturing... So far. The, the, kind of like the essence of the films. I mean, granted, they can't go... They can't go full on like movie violence and gore and whatnot, but they've done a good job with that first episode. They're balancing that line well. And the thing I've, and of course, it's a comical take on it, but the fact that they only focus on people that are going through the, the murders, murder. Mm-hmm. right? What and you, they they actually explicitly say in the whole thing like the fire department is no longer like are arsonists just having a field day out there? Well, to me, that'd be the scariest thing. Yeah, it's there's a lot of like scary things that they're talking about in that, but they haven't really gone in, into that far into it yet. But the purge as a whole, I mean, it's still pretty fucking terrifying because it's so like close to reality <laughs> that's the scariest the, concept. Ho- the horror of humanity is the is the focus so far of the whole to me the whole series yeah. so as we said any horror that's truly elevated does kind of give you either a good mirror upon society mm-hmm. something that you can reflect upon and the purge franchise does indeed do that yep and i would definitely say it definitely falls as horror adjacent absolutely you, know, you can fall absolutely. you can label it as a uh, action franchise it's an uh, action horror i mean even in the different elements like in the first purge it was a horror home invasion in the second one it was like revenge almost revenge and horrors almost siege you know mm-hmm. so that's the cool thing about the purge is all depends on the different flavors of the horror adjacentness you want to go into and i, I mentioned this is because it's a perfect transition and segue into actually what predator is mm-hmm. because for me if someone asks me if i had to qualify that particular film i will always say it's an action sci-fi film yeah for me when i describe it i don't necessarily put horror into my description however yeah genius we've had this discussion many times and for you it's totally sci-fi horror it could be action sci-fi horror but it's there's it's gory as shit you got this alien Sci-fi is so broad, it can be like Star Trek, where it's like planets and intergalactic building, but also a monster tearing fucking people up. But what makes this different is how he does it. Just so violent and so mean. 
and skinning people alive. That's shit you would find in a horror movie. So I think it totally qualifies for horror. The very same year in 1987, we had Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. So you had two, ex- ex- you know, crazy extreme examples. Come to daddy. <laughs> Predator wept. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, how would you qualify it, Dustin? Because I we do definitely cede all predator knowledge to you, <laughs> and I do say, and again, in a lovingly not nerdy way, that's just it's it's an honor. No, I, I appreciate you guys having me on, but I mean, I would go with what Genius said. I mean, I wouldn't even label it as action because if you break the movie down, the the second and third act of that is not action at all. I mean, really, mm-hmm. the only action that you get in the film is the is the camp siege at the beginning. Yeah. And after that, it just becomes dread, and hopefully they'll be able to survive. I mean, so I would definitely go with sci-fi horror. I mean, they kind of went they kind of went a little bit more campy with Predator 2, and then, you know, the AVP was more, you know, action-based. Yeah. I mean, for... Those those movies will never add up to the the first one. You right. know, I mean that's just right. that's just the inevitability of, mm-hmm. of be, ha, going so hard out of the gate and then trying to kind of you know wrap everything up and bring it back and world build. You're always going to get diminishing returns, no right. matter how good the franchise and the sequels are. Because I'll even throw this out: we give a lot of love to Predator Two. Yeah, I love Predator Two, but the interesting thing about the Predator, it's like perfect in what it was. Uh, it turned. You had Arnold, this big action star, and in the first act, like you said, it's basically a bombastic Arnold action movie, and then it turns into so much more, and then you also have the pathos of the characters and stuff, so it's a very interesting ride to go on this prayer fucking trip. And we're going to go ahead and share our experiences, kind of our first uh, experiences with Predator after our initial listening, because this is what's the score. Mm -hmm. And the first track we're going to listen to comes on, and the vinyl here, oh my goodness, even the cover art in and of itself. Badass. Again, we appreciate, we promote physical media. Just whatever you do, do not pirate pirates. Mm, walk the plank, regardless of what kind of you know media it is. Yarr. So we definitely want to promote that. But this one is just a beautiful, beautiful piece of work. That again, thank you for helping us here with that, hey, Dustin. Man, that was my birthday present to myself this year. <laughs> it's from the Mount Baldy collection. <laughs> so we are going to open up uh, with the opening track here, and it's going to give you a little bit of nostalgia, especially if you are a Star Wars fan like myself. That. Really, this whole uh, merger just kills me because when you no longer have that 20th Century Fox opening, mm-hmm. it throws my entire rhythm off <laughs> for the movie. That first experience watching The Force Awakens, when I didn't get that, I was off that entire movie. <laughs> like, That's it is true. important. So we're going to open with that into the main title. And we should say this is the entirety of this uh pieces composed by Alvin Silvestri mm-hmm. and we'll talk a little bit more about some of our favorite scores by him but this is going to be the opening here the opening title for Predator
I'm not going to lie. It's so good to go full orchestra for a while. It's mm-hmm. usually so synth heavy here on the show. We always mention that a good score becomes a character in and of itself in mm-hmm. a film. And I don't know if you can necessarily say that this particular theme is one. I, I think it's instantly iconic. Just, But I don't know if it's necessarily one of those that outside the action sci-fi horror <laughs> that, the genre fair genre fair uh-huh. if people will recognize this something along the lines a la da, again, da, 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 jaws or something john williams even like normies know jaws but necessarily yeah do the normies know this one i don't think so it's uh, an it's a shame but, it's a shame because if you you hear everything you need to know about mm-hmm. the film in that particular theme but see that's the thing about it even though nobody knows it i'm sure if you listen to it like just hear it you know like oh shit some action's about to go down mm-hmm. you know no matter what kind of action you're talking about bum 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 Steel Magnolias does not open up Mm. with a theme like this. Right. Predator's signature (laughs) colors are not blush and bashful. So. A different shade of red, indeed. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I have to ask at this point here um, this came out in 1987, and I know I was lucky enough to see this in the theater. Mm -hmm. Again, I give credit to permissive parents here, but they were in the theater with me. And I'll say this I remember seeing the, 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 uh, the teaser trailer for this initially. It's very minimal. You almost don't recognize that it's Arnold until the very end. And, ah, and he's totally stripped mm-hmm. down in the mud and he's going, Arrgh! my mind was blown because I'm used to Arnold either with a big sword or a big M60, mm-hmm. but not like a torch. <laughs> so you're seeing him at his most primal. And I was totally hooked and engaged in, in the theater theatrical experience. This time he's the hunted. Yes. It was it was mind blowing, but what do you re- what was your initial experience? I have two older kick ass brothers that uh, we actually went on opening weekend twice. We went <laughs> once on Friday night, and re- you got to remember this is back in the eighties, back when the whole you must be over eighteen or accompanied by a parent or legal guardian that was really lax. I mean, yeah, it was. It was yeah, it really was. Yeah, it was. Nineteen eighty seven. I was eight years old. My brother that took me to this, he's only six years older than me. So, I mean, we got dropped off at Indian Springs, Genius's yep. favorite place. Yep. AMC South. Yep. And we went and watched it on that Friday, and then we went back Sunday afternoon. Yep. I can't say anything. In 1987, I saw RoboCop unattended, but yet somehow <laughs> Predator with the parents, RoboCop unattended. I don't know if that actually reads into my psyche at all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's amazing to actually been able to see this and experience it because this is a film that came out in 87. And well, it's a film that we're still talking about. Shit. My first experience um, was at Indian Springs 2 with my mom. She was excited. She was, I want to go see this movie. And I'm like, me too. And this is still one of her favorites to this day. Like, if it comes on TV, she'd be like, oh, Predator. All right. So it's just, it's just an awesome movie. It spans generations. You know? <laughs> it bringing families together. <laughs> Well, it's really interesting because this is obviously on Nightmare Junkhead. We celebrate all things horror in the 80s. But if you think about genre in the 80s, Schwarzenegger was all over the genre, just mm-hmm. just good genre fare, if you will, the elevated stuff. And it's a shame that he doesn't really get the love. Maybe I, he definitely gets the love in the horror right. genre regardless, just because of how iconic he is. He's Arnold. So, yeah. 
But, but like I said, for me, this was never necessarily something that I translate initially put into the horror element in it. Right, but it's 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 there. But it's as it's you guys good shit. so have eloquently stated so far, it truly the the predator is he, he's he's a monster. Mm-hmm. He is, and this From is outer a space. grand old monster. Well, and the opening, the <laughs> at least opening, it's not the kangaroo, the fucking Van Damme kangaroo. <laughs> The, the red suit of death. Right? The fucking Jar Jar Banks. Oh, that, that's another Misa fact. kill Arnold now. <laughs> <laughs> so many things could have gone wrong with this particular film, but ultimately everything came together and just salvaged what is just almost a perfect blend. But that opening scene, right from the get-go, when you get that lovely transition from the 20th Century Fox. That, that space, that it sets. It tells you right from the get-go this is a science fiction film. Mm-hmm. We are in outer space with a spaceship. Right there, that's a sci-fi film. Now, whether you call sci-fi horror, sci-fi action, I understand. But again, this is why I'm going to argue on my dying day here on this hill that it is a sci-fi action <laughs> film. <laughs> but it's probably going to be a lonely hill as we, as we get further here into the score. Now, the next one track that we're going to listen here to is... I think when you were we were talking a little bit off mic, but one of the reasons that this we actually become and kind of care with these characters is the performances behind them, and that ultimately when they start, you know, spoiler alert here, being taken down by the predator, you actually care when they die. Well, yeah, I mean, you think about it when they jump off the chopper. I mean, just just think of their costumes as they're coming off. Jesse Ventura's in the MTV, MTV. cutoff T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Bill Duke all you gets out in a three-piece suit. Billy jumps off in a jumpsuit. I mean, it's like a yeah. Fila jumpsuit. They're action figures. They are. They're absolutely action figures. Yeah. But, but Bill Duke, man, he ooh, he was looking suave coming off that chopper. All that shaving. It's the shaving. It's the shaving. I don't understand how he just didn't melt into a puddle of awesomeness, man, because <laughs> with, with as bad as they were sweating in, I guess it was the Guatemalan jungle, but I'm like, you're out there in a suit, and everybody else is like still sweating? Come on now. Professional on and off off mm-hmm. the watch. Cool as the other side of the pillow. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it tells you everything you need to know about those particular characters. Because mm-hmm. at this point, you don't necessarily realize that they're all red shirts at this point. Yeah, unfortunately so. Because when you get that turn. Yeah, when, it, when the shit hits the fan. I mean, because you really do care about these characters, you know, and the relationships between them. Because... Like when they get start getting picked off, fucking spoilers. When they start getting picked off, Spoiler for a right? For fucking movie. Predator. <laughs> I wonder what this movie's about, right? Fucking Chris Hansen. No, but fucking uh, when you're seeing a movie about Predator, you, you don't expect to care so much about the characters. And then when they start dying, and you're like, holy shit, I don't want any more to go because they're great characters, you know? Jesse Ventura was funny as shit, and, like, you don't want to see him go. Bill Duke was great. You don't want to see them go. And so, you're like, you're really rooting for these heroes to win, and when they don't, it's heartbreaking because you're like, fuck, oh, man, I like that guy. Well, you may not have time to bleed, but you do have time to listen, and we're going to go ahead and listen to the next track here. It is actually going to be, we're seeing him out, uh, but it is the track called Blaine's Death, which will then transition into a track called What Happens. Thank you. 
many of us at this point are definitely following along at home regarding where they're at with the movie based on their kind of relationship with this film. Mm-hmm. I like that because like it, it it had this sense of dread in there, you know, just that it you don't know what's creeping around the corner, and then when it like gets a lot faster the hunt begins, you know, it, that's, that gives you that feeling, even if you don't know, once again, like talking about the, the normies who would know Predator, that's what it invokes, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess the, the thing that like really attracts me to this movie is this is the first time you actually see a vulnerable Arnold. Mm-hmm. I mean, in Commando, he just kicks everybody's ass, Conan kicks everybody's ass, and then all of a sudden it's just like, now, the tables have turned. <laughs> <laughs> So it's just interesting to see him kind of, I mean, and it was acted well, I mean, from everybody on, on set, so. Well, and also I think with this particular piece of, of the, the music, you get more of that, almost, dare I say, a Jaws-esque kind of mm-hmm. the hunt to it. Yes. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. yeah. Where everything is so escalated and heightened, and it does give it that eerie feeling. Mm-hmm. It feels like you're being hunted, you know? And that's, again, the power of the score. And if this was done differently, if this was done, dare I say, with a synth drive, you know. You know, Predator runs out to yakety sax. But again, going back into the characters, if there is one thing that I just absolutely adore of this film is the fact that, as you mentioned, you do grow to care for them. So the last clip that we played was from Blaine's death. And that also escalates what is probably the biggest bout of bullet I, yes just ah! a scene that has to be seen on the big screen to be believed and really truly appreciated or at least somewhere with a good surround sound whenever back in the 80s they always talked about deforestation and stuff mm-hmm. like that exactly. i always thought about that scene like that would be dope to see they're a rescue <laughs> they're a rescue team not necessarily lawn maintenance right <laughs> slash and burn just now something it's just it's incredible however one of the great scenes uh, regarding and even like i said when it comes down to this film as more of a slasher film if you will mm-hmm. just as he's hunting everyone down is there a favorite kill in this film because there's actually several pretty gnarly scenes of people being dispatched do you have any ones that stick out for you guys genius i'll let you go on this one man because i know what mine is the bill duke when because it's you're just like oh man because he's like i'm gonna get you i'm gonna get you and the next thing you know well they've built up to the point where you're in that scene you think he still has the one up on yep. the predator yep and then nope boom and it's just like oh because he was he was he was going after revenge for his boy you know you really rooted for him you wanted to get at least a good lick in mm-hmm. you know he there was no way he was going to dispatch a predator but he had him so dead to right so many times like well almost you know just enough to like ah you you really wanted him to get like a good shot in and where does that head explosion rank in the pantheon of head explosions in the horror genre because that's a pretty darn good one yeah it is how, how you just have the the camera underneath him and it just gets covered yep Yep. In a day when uh, 3D was going out, that would have been a hell of a scene. <laughs> Splattered. Yeah, gray matter chunks flying at you. <laughs> what about you there, Dustin? I'd have to say Dylan's. I mean, because if you think about the build-up to his, it, it like you just said, I mean, you, I know you said action, but that's when it switches from an action film or, you know, a semi-action film to a horror film. The way you, you see the camera angle kind of, you know, turn, tilt sideways, and, you know, everything that, you know, all, all of the, the shots are behind him, 
you know, the, the way that they kind of frame everything up, the predator is in full speed. He's in slow-mo. So, you know, there's nothing he's going to be able to do. I mean, dude, that's some, that's some Michael Myers shit right there. I don't care. I mean, if Michael Myers was a Yautja, there you go. <laughs> he takes off the mask. Want some candy? <laughs> the one I'm going to go with, actually, and technically it's, I guess, a decent segue because we are going to listen to this particular cue, but when Billy meets his demise off screen, you hear a scream, spoiler, but you don't see anything until right. you get what is the kind of the signature piece of the Predator, the uh, extraction of his trophy. And when you see that initial spinal column pull, oh, that you know i think the initial time when you see like you guys said the skin bodies you know you're mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. a different kind of yep. film yeah like i was like oh wait i thought i was gonna see a sci-fi action film shit what is this genre blend- blending business here right this isn't fun of the navigator <laughs> <laughs> but then yeah and then when you get to that point then and just how it's shot how it's you get almost like the shadowy bits of it it just mm-hmm. it's so well so the cue we're going to listen to here and the next one comes from side three of the release it is uh oh, it's a good one here it's billy and predator <laughs> creepy it sets up a good atmosphere as like a showdown you know you could almost even put it in the old west i can see that i could definitely see that in like an old clint eastwood movie Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. something like that i mean it's it it's like okay these two things are about to go at it and so well it's so funny when you go back when you listen to that opening the main title theme it's very bombastic 
it does give you the element. You know it is a specific genre film, and it's giving you hints and pieces, but as we're seeing, as the score goes on and on, mm-hmm. it is a straight horror score, yep. just the way it is being built up. And like I said, it, it's so nice to hear it with a full-on orchestra, mm-hmm. and you can hear the power of the brass section and the percussion and just how everything works together, how everything, there's the buildup. You're telling the story in the score, just with even little the bits of the silence and just how everything raises you forget that ultimately it's so funny we went and we were watching um rambo first blood part two which is that's another one that's crazy the chronologically confusing things that it goes with those titles (laughs) and horror adjacent (laughs) but if you go to that scene where he's getting his revenge in the forest if you replace that music with like the theme from friday the 13th it works just as well mm-hmm. because he is a straight up Jason Voorhees in that particular film. Coming out of the mud and shit. Yeah. And then when you realize that is in essence what the Predator is, mm-hmm. it is a Michael Myers, a Jason yeah. Voorhees. He's a sci-fi slasher. He is a straight sci-fi slasher. Yes. Yeah. Another really weird, dare we say, hidden subgenre mm-hmm. within the horror umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> speaks to the diversity of all things that we love and why we're talking about this particular for horror film and horror oh, I said it a horror film did, did, did the conversion finally dun, dun, work done either that it was the little three uh little lasers that are shooting out of me right now <laughs> turn around turn around and I should say, we actually did a uh, commentary track for uh, Predator. It was the first one we ever did for Nerds of Nostalgia, of yeah. which you participated. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. of course, we had to make sure we had the expert in here. We knew a guy. We know. <laughs> <laughs> but the, everything kind of builds up to this film where ultimately, like you guys mentioned, that Arnold himself becomes the the one man standing. Mm, the final girl. Yeah. Ah. He does. He ultimately yeah. does. And this also falls into my uh, camouflage theory with Arnold films, is that if he applies any kind of camouflage to himself, it's going to be a great film. Shit's about to go down. And you know you're in for a good film, because Mm -hmm. it happens with Predator. It happens in Conan. Oh, it happens wonderfully in Conan. Mm -hmm. It happens in Commando. And in Commando, Mm -hmm. which we recently had a chance to see on the big screen, and I think that may be the first time I actually have seen I actually see Commando on the big screen. Same for me, yeah. I'll go with a three on that one. Yep. <laughs> and we all at the same time had a moment where when Arnold is going up on the beach <laughs> in his skivvies, <laughs> yeah. there's a blink and you miss it moment, but on the big screen you meet, you see it, and it was totally, there was I don't know if it was a stunt double, but someone had Mitch... They didn't have the same color of the briefs yeah, on. Yeah, they had right. like the, the it nude was a switch. Color. Yeah. yeah, it was a switch. We were like, and it what? happened so cool. But we all kind of looked at each other like, like did the underwear y'all catch just that? change? No, too much. But another one, you want to talk about another Arnold film that has a very strange and unique score that gives it the flavor. And the hit classic, Jingle Up the Bay. Yeah, but James Horner's score, obviously. Actually, Arnold had a really good run of his films working with some amazing composers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Kansas City native Basil Polidaris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he's the, some of like Arnold's films have some of the all-time great mm-hmm. Marconi scores. Did. Red Sonja. Yes, yes, he did. So, uh, yeah, you, you can't argue with man, that. He, he had like a murderer's row of great composers, and what, and that's why I'm glad that actually Predator is now kind of getting the attention that it deserves, because um, obviously we are all collectors here. Mm-hmm. You know, we and they are catering to now they're going outside. Dare I say, straight horror, uh-huh. and going horror adjacent. 
and I mean, you were all over this one, Dustin. Oh I, yeah, I mean, I, I love the film. I mean, we we just got back from Crypticon in Kansas City back in July, and I bought a one quarter scale figure of the Predator that lights up. Come on now, if that doesn't say love for a movie, I don't know what does. And we're gonna lend the last track we're gonna listen to here is the spoiler alert: the Predator doesn't walk away, even though there is an entire franchise. Not built around that original Predator. Uh, the track here, though, is very simple. It's uh, elegant. Um, it's precise. It is the Predator's death. good <laughs> again you get the build-up you uh-huh. get just that just that driving beat that suggests you're screwed yeah that's ill shit is definitely going down and you're stuck right in the middle of it time is running out and well, in this case it's the laugh man <laughs> no, if you remember at the at the end part where he blows himself up he goes from the billy laugh to, <laughs> to, to a the, maniacal to an laugh. evil laugh yeah. like, <laughs> Yes, that part always like holy shit. That predator's like fuck you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it set the precedent early on of what happened if you did indeed best a predator. Mm-hmm. Which is it honorable? Is it that's because we've seen it throughout their culture? Yeah, I mean, hey man, at least Danny Glover took off the bomb arm, that's right? right. And I guess, yeah, we again, we gave some love to Predator 2, uh, the franchise itself, interestingly enough. And again, this particular episode is being released in line of the new sequel that is coming out. Mm-hmm. And I definitely wanted to say before we wrap things up here is, and it's the elephant in the room, the Predator in the room, but obviously the recent allegations that came up with uh, Shane Black and, the, you know, his friend that he had cast in the movie. Um, obviously, we wanted to address that, that that's some heinous, heinous shit. I'm glad they excised it from everything. And obviously, you know, we're definitely siding with Olivia Munn on this. You know, we're supporting everyone within that. So mm-hmm. we definitely wanted to address that. 
and make sure again we don't go political on the yeah, show no. at all however we want to make sure we you right. know i guess final thoughts Ultimately, number one, thank you for loaning the record out. Hey, man, thanks for playing it, right? Yeah, that's, yeah anytime we get to do anything like that, it's great, um, especially in line with a release that we'll definitely probably talk about eventually because, dare I say, now I am convinced I can definitely add horror to this particular discussion, you know, when talking with people. And I hope the new movie has this very at this score at least variation you know because that's a nod to it that is like instantaneously you think of the predator and when you get that the hairs on the back of my neck stick up it's that we mentioned it's that pavlovian response where i know dustin i've talked about it before when we talked um the flash gordon soundtrack over on nerds and nostalgia that I can listen along to that score and play the entirety of the movie in my head. And I know you, this yeah. is where I'm glad we didn't, well, I'm kind of upset we didn't necessarily have the uh, visual <laughs> component, but you know, Dustin was pretty much playing out these scenes as they're going along. And it's just because again, it is so ingrained in your DNA, but it's also due to the power of this score and how it's just so inter, you know, forever entwined with how you see the film. Well, I mean, it's the same way when you listen to the RoboCop theme, the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, you, you dun, almost dun, get a robotic dun, walk. Dun, I mean, dun, you want to walk dun, like Peter dun, Weller did. Thank I mean, you. <laughs> but it, it, it's those kind of things. I mean, you, you get the same thing with the Halloween. The dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just, the, it's, it's just like you said, Pavlovian. I mean, you know, every, time, every time one of those iconic scores comes on, I mean, even if you're talking about Forrest Gump, yeah, you, you, you dun 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 dun. I I always picture a feather kind of floating away on the wind. I was running <laughs> from the predator. <laughs> he had claws, Jenny. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Jenny's head went bye bye when the red dot came. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> but I mean, it, it, run forest. And you know, you and genius, you and I have talked about this a couple times <laughs> in the past, just kind of in passing. But you know. When people speak about Beethoven, Mozart, Chopin, you know, Tchaikovsky, all these guys that, you know, created some of the most beautiful pieces of, of music ever heard. I mean, I hope in a hundred years they're still talking about, you know, they're still talking about Alan Silvestri. Mm-hmm. You know, they're still talking about John Williams because I, I think that, you know, everybody's like, oh, they're just movie themes. Oh, they're just for movies. They've created Much some of the most iconic pieces mm-hmm. of music ever. Carpenter. Yeah. You know, so. Well, it's unreal when you look at like his past work. It's super, super diverse. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's gone from everything from like Fred Claus. Yep. Which I don't, I, I, you know, I won't lie. I didn't I like see the that Roger one. Rabbit. Mm-hmm. The Roger yep, Rabbit absolutely. one was great because it was, it, it encapsulated the 40s. Uh, vibe perfectly along with the Mad Capri cartoon. Well, and we were joking um, off mic on this one, but um, he uh, com- he did stuff for Mac and me. Yeah, <laughs> stop or my mom will shoot. <laughs> I mean, he's done some amazing work, and it's I'm glad that again we're getting releases like this that definitely celebrate it. Um, but also it's, again, just showing just how awesome that the horror umbrella is. That's a film like this that within mm-hmm. the I would say this and maybe like end of days where, you know, Arnold kind of, oh, yeah. you know, dips horror into Arnold. the horror. Yeah. Arnold, and even which, Maggie with the zombies. Oh, oh, that's straight horror. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But it's nice when you get a little bit of that. Dare we say the chocolate, the peanut butter argument there. It's wonderful when that happens. And 
I don't know if it was necessarily my first experience with that kind of a genre twist, but it was definitely probably my first one in the theater. Yeah. Going in, expecting an, you know, an action Arnold film. And, and then getting, woo. yeah, so much more. <laughs> yep. So, again, thank you, Dustin, for coming oh, on and participating with this one. Um, again, thank you, Genius. Um, so, I guess until the next time. This is Greg Come D. on, Don! <laughs> get, get to the... Uh, get to the chopper! Don! I'm Genius McGee! Don. We will see you in your dreams. Don! Don.